Hey everyone. Hi. Hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with my friend and one of my very favorite musicians, Michael Rosas. Hello. Hi there. So Michael, who I know is Mike, but I'm trying to adjust to this this newfangled version of you that you've been trying to put into the ether for, for like 20 years. 20 years now. It's yeah. <laughs> taking me a while. It'll um, happen. I know. I'm. Does anyone call you Mike? Just uh, people like me who refuse to to change over. Maybe just you, and really? then uh, every now and then, you know, people will start with Michael, but then they just start to choose what they like better. Okay. Sometimes it goes from Michael to Mike, but actually, you are kind of really behind because now it's starting to turn more into Miguel. Really? Yeah. Who's who's in charge of that? I don't know. It's just happen. I let these things happen. <laughs> it's good tonight. Not fight it. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I'm not doing that thing where I'm like trying to short, I'm not doing the, like, if someone's name's John, like, Hey Jack, Hey Johnny boy, or something like that. Right. I mean, it's, it, I'm not trying to give you a cute term of endearment. It's just, mm-hmm. um, you were introduced to me as Mike a thousand right. years ago and apparently I can't evolve. You see my face, you see Mike. I do. I accept that. Although you have a different face now to some degree, just like mm-hmm. I assume that I do because we were so young when we met, which this dovetails into what I was going to say, which is you've been on the show before. Mm-hmm. Um, when I did it as a Ustream show, you were on that version. And then I have done Alice Rose as your new best friend live a few times. And by a few, I mean three or four, I think three. Mm-hmm. And you were on two of them performing both on um, microphone and also performing songs, which was great. But beforehand, I was asking you whether I always start with you by like setting up how we know each other. I think the answer is yes. But I feel compelled to do it anyway, just for the listener who doesn't know. Please do it. Here we go. Because I have forgotten this story. Is that true? No. Okay. Because based on the robotic way you said that, you really (laughs) sold it. It So anyway, I was living in Claremont and I was writing for a small music magazine called Mean Street. You were in a band called Smile. I was assigned a story on Smile. I met you at um, Rock and Java Coffee House is probably where we met. Yes. Now, I wonder how we decided to meet there because that was like one of my main hangouts (laughs) back in the day. And I think maybe it it was was also yours. Was because I lived right behind that place. Right. But it's funny that it was one of your main hangouts because it was also known as Goth in Java. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, so... I, but I was also known as Goth and I didn't know that either. Mm. I mean, not known as Goth, but I think that people thought I was Goth because I, I wore black all the time, which I still, that's kind of my, yeah, you um, do. I tend, I tend to wear dark colors and I wore dark lipstick and I'm pale and uh, somewhat brooding. I mean, I don't think of sure. myself as brooding, but I feel like I could see where people would think I was. Yeah, maybe like a like a Phyllis Diller kind of brooding. <laughs> I, that makes it better, actually. Yeah. I don't think Phyllis Diller broods, though. So maybe I wasn't brooding. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we met up there, and I wrote about you guys many times, and I became a huge fan, and also we became friends. That's right. And then when I graduated college and moved back to Costa Mesa, which is where the aforementioned coffee house is, mm-hmm. um, we hung out a lot, like a lot. I was thinking about it today. I really feel like when I think back to that period of my life, I don't know where I end and you begin. 
I'm semi-joking in a Phyllis Diller brooding way, but I guess what I mean to say is like you're so woven into all of that stuff back then. Because then mm-hmm. I moved back, and then I started playing in a band. Right. Um, and we spent just so much time talking on the phone about what I don't even know. You were working at a coffee cart at that point. We were, you know, yeah, I don't remember either, but I, I think we figured a lot of important things out. Probably. I, here's the, the thing. For a long time. So you, your friend, Rob Burt, is he Robert now? He's your he's friend just, too, by the no, way. No, right. Our That's friend, it. my friend as well. Um, I think that he's the one who invented the term resonating, but do you think that you invented it? I know that I invented it. Okay. <laughs> oh, and by the way, Rob went from Rob to Robert and he's back to Rob. Now. Oh, good. See, this is why I'm glad that I never switched to Robert. Yeah. I'm a waste of breath and effort. <laughs> but you know what? I can marshal all of that uh, that saved up energy and effort into making the switch to Miguel. Is that is that your preference? No, it isn't. Oh, it's just happening to you. Mm-hmm. You just want Michael. I yeah. I all just right. want what's easiest for the world. Mike. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it is shorter. It is. Syllables. I've saved so much time. Yeah. Sort of like when you were trying to get fun as P one to be a thing. That is a thing. Fun has never stopped being P1. <laughs> because you don't have time to say priority one? Or this is just corporate lingo? That's right. More time for fun when you're speaking less syllables. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, Mike, see, having fun already. Mm-hmm. Hey. Uh, you I feel invented- like Mike, when I, when I hear the name Mike, I think construction worker or foreman. Really? I think I just guy think- with a hard hat who is in charge somewhere. I think of I like that. It. I think of that guy as Joe. Oh, yeah, Joe. Yeah, I think Frank. you're right with Joe. Could be a Frank as well. Well, now Mike is just hasn't. Mike has no identity now. Well, Mike is just like what half of the guys I know are named. Okay, but they're all good friends. Mm-hmm. You can be Michael. It's fine. Anyhow, I'm adjusting. I'm adjusting, and just to let the listener in on everything happening, um, I have this little. Um, digital watch from 1984 or something that I'm using as a stopwatch uh, so that I can keep track of the time of this episode. And I just turned it on now. How how much time uh, had already elapsed, I'm wondering. Okay, probably about uh, six minutes. I'll just add that on. Maybe that was seven minutes, six or seven minutes. Anyway, let's get back to the point. It was rosinating. Mm-hmm. You guys invented that. Um, and I like to think that I rosinate less nowadays which the regular listener is like, oh my God, then what degree of rosination used to happen before? Rosination is where I kind of overthink everything. Right. And um, the truth is a lot more used to happen. And I wonder, since I'm having trouble remembering the content of our phone calls, like was it like 80% me talking about guys I had a crush on and wanting you to help me figure out what was going on? Because that was, I feel like I went through, I did a lot of that in my youth and I'm sorry. No need to apologize. I think that's what it was. I think it was, it would start with that. And then I would use that conversation as a springboard for just whatever I wanted to rant about. So you might have started off talking about some guy you had a crush on Mm -hmm. and it might've been about something specific that he was doing and how you were having a hard time understanding what it meant. Mm -hmm. But then I would then take that and just turn it into some topic about how, yeah, you know, when people do that, I think that it's, you know, uh, because society is, you know, shifting in this way and uh, blah, blah, blah. And and then we we would do that for a while. Right. 
in a while would be maybe like an hour and 45 minutes. And then at the end of that rant, we would come back to trying to solve the uh, issue with the guy or something right. like that. Or, right. or one of us would be asleep at that point. But I do, I remember one time, at least one time, one of these resonating sessions. <laughs> I, I feel they need to apologize again. I think I'm sorry for who I was. I think this <laughs> maybe was am back in the landline days when I had a landline phone. Oh, that's the end of one. That, that I only used to talk on the phone when I had a landline. Yeah, now it's just text. It was a phone fax, actually. I, I remember <laughs> it pretty clearly. It was kind of bluish gray, and it was sort of in the kitchen slash dining room area, kind of where you know families would put a phone there, kind mm-hmm. of on the sure. formica kitchen bar table type of thing. And we had one of those conversations, and I was laying on my back <laughs> on the kitchen countertop. Is that it? Like a bar? That's yeah. What it was. And that's, and then I, it was just me laying there, and I think I probably could have just fallen asleep there. I knocked you out. Um, I laid you out with my overanalysis. Boom, and then you turned it into a career. <laughs> that's right. Well, so I remember at one point you saying to me, I just hope. Cause so then I moved to New York. Yes, and I think you said something like, "I, you know, I, you hope that someday I come back and I have a guy, just a nice guy with me. I've just found like a nice guy." Did I say that? Yeah, something oh, like that. Okay. I feel like I'm leaving out part of it because I'm forgetting part of it. Okay. Um, but when Rob, so recently Daniel and I, my husband, who you you know now, mm-hmm. um, saw Rob. And Rob like went on this whole thing with Daniel where he's like, I just want you to know how great it is to see Allison with someone like you. And I know that you're not going to know what this means, but it just brings me so much joy to see her like with a nice, good guy. Da, da, da. Hmm. Um, and I feel like that's kind of what you were getting at at the time, too, because there was a pattern to the guys that I always would have conversations about. And they were always guys that I think were super cute, but not into me. Oh, yeah. And there were also like Crips and bikers and stuff like that right i never liked a crip i'm just kidding okay (laughs) i don't remember i mean not that i wouldn't i don't i think i think that um i think that that they did like you a lot i don't think so Uh, hmm. i wish i could remember i I it's okay remember i'm sorry no no problem (laughs) no it's fine um but you know what would make it up to me if you sent me some sherry's berries are you familiar with sherry's berries um i have heard the name they're the name Sherry or the name Sherry's Berries? Sherry's Berries. But they're I, so good. I don't and they, think I've ingested. They're so good and they make a great okay. Valentine's Day gift if they're, which we'll get to the fact, the question of whether there's someone mm-hmm. in your life that will be receiving a Valentine's Day gift from mm-hmm. you or not. Um, or perhaps many. Mm-hmm. You could give them to a number of women, mm-hmm. to the, uh, the corral of women you once said you wanted to date. Right, a corral. A corral. Uh-huh. Just a casual dating group of women a corral was it a corral or a stable oh i remember it as a corral but maybe it was a stable yeah maybe. i mean i feel like it's a very similar thing anyway all of the women in this table would work out for me (laughs) sherry's berries they're big juicy delicious strawberries dipped in chocolate there's white chocolate milk chocolate chocolate dark chocolate chocolate swizzle nuts um etc and they're Mm. so good and they're now 40 percent off from sherry's berries you can get 
giant freshly dipped strawberries from Sherry's Berries starting at nineteen ninety nine. It's over forty percent savings. Go to berries.com. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Click on the microphone and type in my code best friend. And for my listeners, that's you guys, you can double the berries for just ten dollars more, but you have to use my code best friend. And also if you go to the berries.com website, you'll see that Sherry's Berries, they have more than just strawberries dipped in chocolate, which by the way, you don't need anything more than that, but they have all sorts of other stuff that makes great gifts too. They have um, chocolate dip pretzels, chocolate dip cherries, cake pops, cakes, all sorts of good. I've given a ton of this stuff as gifts to people and they always go nuts for it. So here's the only way to get this amazing Valentine's Day deal. Giant, juicy, freshly dipped strawberries starting at $19.99 or double the berries for $10 more. Visit berries.com, B-E-R-R-I-E-S.com. Click on the microphone in the top right corner and type in best friend. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone and enter my code best friend order today okay so special lady in your life special lady in my life uh besides my dear sweet mother you mean yes um well you know i'm always making friends Allison. <laughs> okay you know i'll take that as a no slash yes i'll uh, take that as a you're there's someone you're dating but you're not ready to, to talk about it yet well i'm not engaged or anything like that okay you know? yeah so uh-huh <laughs> okay so moving on um maybe we should hear a song and then let's talk about the stuff that i should know about you but that i don't know about you like where you were born and what you were like as a kid sure all right we can do that okay this is a song called american Prove. 
forgotten face They don't need proof But there are no odds to run American boy American girl in love Still hearts in an echoing silence They are not up for blood That was so good. I love that. I feel spoiled having this little concert in dining room studios, which is what I've named huh. the, the, these studios. Um, so what is that song about? Uh, that song, um, that's a weird one for me because it's not about anything specific and not to sound like a totally cliche, Do it sound like it. dorky it. artist, creative type or whatever. But, you know, a lot of times you ask a musician what a song's about and they give you some vague, dumb answer that... This is unsatisfying. supposed to sound deep and oh. it's unsatisfying and you just want to accept that it means something good and important but it probably doesn't um that one this like, one is that where, well a lot of the songs that i write have a little bit more of a, a specific thing that they're about and this one was just a little bit more of a kind of a picture that mm-hmm. I, I was sort of painting in my mind i guess if you will i don't know oh i will um yeah but it's just kind of mostly it's just about uh people wanting to I was thinking about a uh, couple who just wants to get on with their life and do their own thing and kind of live the so you know the so-called American dream and not have uh, too much outside influence kind of fucking with their jam. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> like you know, sometimes people like sometimes people just want to be left alone just to enjoy their lives. And I was thinking about a lot of the things in. Uh, in our culture and in the world that just sort of interfere with that or distract you from that, you know? And, um, so I was just thinking about, uh, that simplicity in life that a lot of times, a lot of us just want, you know, not everybody. Some people just love the rat race and everything, but do you want this, that simplicity? Um, yeah, sure. I think I have it already though. I mean, you know, well, if you look at the, your trajectory when I met you, you know, you were on a major label, you mm-hmm. were touring, you were, um, you were pop in a popular band and you still are popular. But like today mm-hmm. I, I tweeted, is it rude to say that I think you should be so much more famous than you are? Right. And of course it's, a, it, it's a tiny bit rude. Cause it's suggesting we, well, well, I didn't you're think it was rude. Okay. Yeah. I was imagining someone writing back being like, well, why is that rude? But instead a lot of people wrote back to explain why it is rude. <laughs> I think. Oh, the, did they? I didn't see that. Um, I think the concern is that it suggests that you aren't super famous, oh, but I just well, mean, not. right. Yeah. Well, you have some, but you have some acclaim. I guess. I mean, I have some accomplishments musical accomplishments sure right. but in the grand scheme of things no i mean you know you're absolutely right the when we met i was in a band that was getting 
you know, a fair amount of publicity, which you were a part of. And, and that was kind of like nationwide publicity. Right. We were on and the you radio were, and you were opening for Everclear at a certain point, yeah, right? Everclear and some other big bands. And even then, you know, that was not fame. You know, that was, we were a relatively unknown band that was kind of in the mix, you mm-hmm. know? Uh, but now, you know, I'm, I kind of just have a long history of being, um, you know, having a following, but never really having, you know, I haven't broken through to the mainstream or anything. So I think you kind of have to really break through in my mind to be famous, you know, or well-known. Is that something you want? I, hmm, I don't not want that. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's just, it's not something that I, uh, you know, there are, pro- there are a lot of musicians that take an active, uh, they they put a lot of effort on a daily basis in not, you know, I wouldn't say just trying to achieve fame, but trying to achieve some sort of breakthrough, mm-hmm. you know, and I would say compared to those people, I'm probably not putting in even half that amount of effort, <laughs> you know, um, I'm not like reaching out to managers and publicists on a daily basis and trying to get people to check out my demo or whatever, you know what I mean? Because I think so, that would be the rat race. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just don't do it. You know, I, I enjoy playing live and, and I and I do want to be out doing it with everybody else. So don't get me wrong. It's not that I would just rather play in my bedroom and not have Why do you shun success? I, I don't. <laughs> Why have you turned your back on it? it I'm so afraid of it. <laughs> I'm afraid that... It, what is it you're afraid of? I'm afraid that when the spotlight's finally on me, I'll pee my pants. <laughs> I knew I knew there was something. <laughs> so I was thinking about I'm such a big fan of your music, obviously, but of your lyrics. Uh-huh. Um, I, I've always thought they were incredibly poetic. And I was trying to think, like, what are some of the themes that pop up repeatedly? And I think I have some ideas, but I'm more curious. Have you thought about this? Like, what do you find that you tend to write about over and over? Um, I think that that's changed a little bit for me. But um, I think in the past, like with my band Smile and... Uh, the bands that I was in after that. Which is Satisfaction. Satisfaction flying and Flying Sparks. The Measles. Yeah, the Measles <laughs> was a little different. Yeah. Um, but I'd like to bring that up as well. But for for the bands that weren't the Measles, uh, mostly Smile, since we kind of had the biggest little body of work, you know, right. a couple albums and a few EPs. Uh, I think the lyrical themes were uh, more, let's see. I think there were le- less about things than my songs are now. You know, mm-hmm. they were a little more abstract because I really didn't feel that I had a whole lot to say that you was were important. Younger. I was a lot younger. Um, I wanted the songs to sound cool mm-hmm. and I wanted them to have meaning to me. It's not that it's just a bunch of lyrical trash. I, th- I think, you know, I li- can listen back to that and be feel pretty good about what I was singing. Right. But, um, even when you sang about Tom Schneider's eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, sometimes they were just, about dumb inside jokes, you know, that I had with my friends mm-hmm. and, you know, had had with, with you and things like that. So when I would write a tune and I had a good melody or a good little guitar part, sometimes I was very quick to just come up with whatever I could to throw on top. And I thought, well, hey, if I enjoy it, then other people will. And it doesn't have to be a lesson every time you hear a song, you know? I mean, I think that there's a, it's kind of part of the, of punk to me though. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know if, if you would call yourself punk. And I think you guys, in a way were i don't know uh, you know i i kind of grew up listening to 
a lot of music that was called punk. Mm -hmm. I never really considered myself to be punk. Um, but, you know, I've played music that was called punk. You know, like when I was in high school, I was in bands. It was... Oh. Inside Out. You, I, you were in a band with uh, Rage Against the Machine. Zach Yeah. yeah for Is that Inside Out? Time. Yeah. Inside Out. And a couple other little hardcore kind of punk bands. Head like first. That. Head first. You know, and in those days, I was just listening to metal, you know. So the the other guys I was playing with, they were into punk. So anyway. I guess what I mean to say is there. I think there's a tradition of lyrics that don't mm-hmm. necessarily have meaning Sure. In, a, in the way well, that we mean meaning. And, you know, the other thing, I think that I was kind of trying to turn the other direction from what I came from. The earlier bands I was in that were a little more in the punk genre, a lot of the lyrics in those bands really had to mean something. And there was a lot of kind of finger-pointing lyrics and uh, a lot of, um, you know, just describing just your whether they're You're political opinions yeah. or, or opinions on, you know, things that are happening happening uh in society you know or uh especially with like hardcore punk there was a lot of like you know lyrics about uh that were like you know strongly against drugs or things like racism and a lot of like really heavy things that you're in favor of right so i thought (laughs) well what am i doing no so by the time you know when the time came for me where, where i was in a band and writing my own songs it's not that i thought there was anything wrong with those lyrical themes, I just, you know, I had to be honest and true to myself and what I was really feeling and what I was feeling was just a little, was was different than that. You know, Mm -hmm. I liked to sing about dumb shit I saw on TV, um, yeah, inside jokes or like personal struggles, relationships, you know, when I wanted to get a little more serious, but, you know, I was just feeling it out. So, Mm -hmm. but now I feel that uh, the songs that I'm writing um, are a little more specific uh, they're a little more visual, maybe a little bit more of a, a specific picture where, you know, there might not be a very clear message or lesson, uh, but at least there's a cohesive theme, I think, you know. And I've been told that my more recent songs, the songs that are like on my Michael Rosas EP and everything, um, they it's just maybe easier to relate to, feel a little bit more honest because it doesn't seem as coded as mm-hmm. maybe my lyrics have before. But again, I, I don't feel like I have a whole lot of control over it. I just kind of do what I do. And um, I'm happy that, I, at least in my opinion, I'm getting better at it mm-hmm. now that, you know, I'm not famous anymore. <laughs> right. When you have right. all this time on your hands, right. there aren't people who like want to talk to you as much. That's right. Right. So right. it gives you all this creative freedom. I mean, I guess that's the benefit of it. I hope everyone knows I'm kidding. You wanted to talk <laughs> about Valentine's Day. Oh no, I just thought we were we started to kind of build a little momentum there and uh then you know we cut it short with my brilliant music. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we took a little uh musical yeah, detour. Musical well we could detour. talk about Valentine's Day. We could also talk about your childhood. Okay. Which one do you want to talk about? Well, I was whatever, whatever you like. Where were you born? Um, I was born in Anaheim, California, about a, well, I grew up about a block and a half away from Disneyland, Mm -hmm. which is having like a measles thing going on right now. Yes, I know. And then I was going to say my other band, the measles, all the lyrics were just about girls in that band, by the way. The measles were a surf rock band. Yeah, it was like garage throwback. I loved the measles. You guys were fun. I loved the measles too. Good band. Good times. 
But then what happened? Turned out that one of you was an asshole? It was me. <laughs> I wasn't the one I remember. I really shouldn't say this. I haven't I haven't crossed paths with this particular person I'm thinking about in like oh. in like 20 years and I don't even want to. Oh, okay. I don't know which side of uh him I'm on these days. Ah. I thought you were kidding, but there is a person. There Okay. Yeah, you know who I'm talking sure. about. This sure. We've now lost the listeners, yes. and I feel really bad. When I, um, there was someone in the band who had a very, let's say, fiery personality. Right. And you never knew if he liked you or if he didn't like you. Mm-hmm. And uh, It was hard to tell because he could really like you a lot, but then he's throwing darts at you. Yeah. In, so that's in your what general I would, direction. Right. Like and, the dartboard never... is maybe three feet to your l- left mm-hmm. and he's kind of pretending like he's just missing and there are real darts flying towards your head and you're sort of running right. out of the way, sort of giggling like, is this fun? I don't know. Huh? There's yeah. a dart coming at my head. <laughs> exactly. That is every social experience with him. But I never even realized the darts that were flying at me. Granted, there was more of me in those days. So there was more to cushion the darts. But then I'd yeah. hear like, oh yeah, he's talking all sorts of shit about you. I was oh. like, really? I don't know what I ever did to him. But I think that a lot of people had this experience because he was um, mercurial. Okay. But maybe he's totally normal and fine and delightful now. I have no idea. Okay. I don't either. Oh, are you not in touch with him? Very little. Yeah, yeah, but For the aforementioned reasons? No. No. I'm stirring shit. And listeners, this is... I, I'm, you guys, thank you for sticking with this for that long. We'll stop talking about yeah. um, stuff that you don't even know what we're talking about. But I think that you could probably relate... To the idea of someone who um, is prickly and hard to be around at times. Well, I think what you should do is when you post this podcast, you should also post links to the Facebook (laughs) pages of Of... all of these people that you're talking about. So then your listeners can go check them out, check them out, maybe write them a introduce themselves (laughs) and judge for themselves, you know, maybe spark up a relationship or maybe they can form a little group against you with one of these people of your past that you're telling stories about. That would be wonderful. Anyway, okay, so you grew up near Disneyland. Grew up near Disneyland. Uh, Then I went to Irvine. Then I went to Tustin. So pretty much all Orange County. Then Costa Mesa, Newport Beach. And now I'm in Laguna Beach. Right. What were you like as a little kid? As a little kid, I was a sweet little angel. Um, I remember really... I think one of my biggest fears as a kid was being called a liar. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because I lied a lot and I just didn't like being called a liar or if I felt that I was misunderstood or something. Which do you think it was? I think it was just that I didn't know how to tell the truth very well. Does that make sense? Do you have an example? Um, You know, like if I was, I used to go to this babysitter on my block and there would be maybe 10 other kids at the same time. And if somebody did something bad and it wasn't me, Mm -hmm. but then the baby, you know, somebody would say, Michael did it. And uh, then the babysitter would say, you know, Michael, did you do this? And I'd be like, Oh, but uh," and they'd be like, go stand in the corner, you know, or I'd be like, no, I didn't do it. And then they would think that I was lying and I'd have to go stand in the corner while everyone else watched. Wait till your father gets home. That is, um, one of the, I find, most frustrating, worst feelings ever, though, is when you are telling the truth and someone thinks you're lying. Yeah. I can't. Like, that makes me want to rip my skin off and yeah. strangle someone with it. That's why now when people ask me questions and I answer it, I wag my fist as I'm answering. <laughs> so it's kind of like, 
you know, this is the this is the truth. And if you don't like it, well, you're gonna get some, pummeled. You're gonna get, <laughs> you're gonna get fiercely pummeled. Yes. Have you ever beat someone up? Uh, no. Have you been in a fight? Yes. How'd it go? It was, you know, the first fight I was ever in was with a girl on my, that, on my block in mm-hmm. uh, Anaheim when I was a little kid, and she kicked the crap out of me. <laughs> so first fight, got beaten up by a girl, which is, you know, hey, girls it are happens. tough. Yeah. You could probably beat me up right now. I, I've never been in a physical fight, and never? I'd like to keep it that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never have. Uh, then the second fight I got in was also some kid on that block. I was really young, both mm-hmm. of these fights. And then after that, no real fights. Um, I've been punched quite a few times. Quite a few. Eh, you know, uh, maybe just the average amount, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many, how many times a guy gets punched in his lifetime, you know. But it feels like a normal number. Mm-hmm. Like I've been punched like sitting in, a, in a, the passenger seat of a car. And uh, somebody ran up and just, like, the window was rolled down. So they just, whoop, boom, right in the window and punched my head. Did you know this person? No. Just a random punching. No. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't quite so random. I think we were driving by a movie theater and there were some dudes out front. And, you know, you know how teenagers yell things at each other? Oh. I might have been might have more like it. in my 20s, actually. But, yeah, I might have provoked it. What did you yell? Um, I don't remember. But, you know... I, I mean, look at me. I kind of have a jackassy face a little bit. I don't think... You think so? I don't know. You don't actually think so, do you? I don't know. People always look at me with this sort of like, you shit kind of face. (laughs) Huh. I used to feel like people thought I was a bad influence because I had black hair. Mm. Um, And the thing is, I couldn't have been a better influence. I'm so I'm so harmless, and I especially was so harmless then. Yeah, but I, can't see I remember that my friend you. Jen's mom. If anything happened, it was always like Allison, did you instigate this or whatever? And I was like, I, I absolutely didn't. Yeah, it's unfair. I know. Yeah, I know how. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So, let's see. Well, when did you get into music? Um pretty young i mean when do kids really get into music these days around what age do you think you mean ones who are going to become musicians well or just get excited about music in general because i I know some people don't really give a rip about music until they're a little bit older yeah i was really into music when i was like as far back as i can remember which i don't know maybe seven Mm -hmm. or something um, Were you exposed to music at home? And I was. You have an older sister, right? I have an older sister and an older brother. And I think that the first album that I listened to, I might be wrong in this, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I remember having a cassette, having a tape of ACDC, Highway to Hell. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there, if little, if there were Walkmans then or how I listened to it, but I remember listening to that over and over again. And then I got really into... Um, uh, Minute Work, I think, was the first album that my dad bought me and uh, went to go see the Ramones. That was my first concert when I was maybe eight or something like That's that. That's really young to eight go to a concert. nine, maybe. Yeah. Who took you? My dad. That's really cool. Yeah. But I, I got into the radio, and there was this station, Mighty 690, and, I, and it was like a very diverse mix of just whatever was popular. So I was really into, like, one of my fun- my favorite songs was Funky Town. <laughs> But then I also loved, like, Crazy Train by Ozzy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those were out around the same time. But 
it didn't matter. There was no such thing as a musical genre to me. It was just whatever was on the radio. Then I got into KROQ and then started hearing the Ramones and stuff. And then I was at that age where I was becoming a little more of a brat. So then I would hear something like that that I'd like. And I would just say, like, Dad, you got to take me to go see the Ramones. And he'd be like, oh, crap. All right. <laughs> you know, so then so then we saw Devo and we saw a bunch of bands after that. And um, it didn't take long until I wanted a guitar, you know, and then mm -hmm. I started to decide that that's what I wanted to do. I, I'm trying to think if I've ever met your dad. Does your dad ever you might have. come to shows? He used to come to, to uh, the Smile memory. shows all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Really friendly guy. We look very similar. Um, he's taller. So he's longer got like, hair. that guy's a shit face too. No, he actually, <laughs> he doesn't. He uh, looks like a very friendly, mellow guy. And he is. What does your dad do? Um, he's retired, so he just chills out. <laughs> or what did he do? Uh, <laughs> he um, was a, uh, uh, a sniper, actually. No, just kidding. He, <laughs> he worked for the county as a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And what did your mom Something do? Exciting. Uh, she worked for the county as well. Orange County is uh, in social services. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And look how well you turned out. That's right. Look at me. <laughs> Check so you... out my LinkedIn. <laughs> do you use LinkedIn? You know, I'm on it, and uh, I don't. I don't get it. I mean, I, I understand what it's for, but when I, I set up a little profile on there, and it's just all of my Facebook friends, you know, are starting to connect with me. Is mm -hmm. that what they call it? They, you don't add a friend on LinkedIn, right? You connect or something and like that. I think that. the invite is to connect. To you get connect. an invitation to connect yeah. or to accept their invite it's or something. It's such a weird website. And, you know, I just think, okay, great. Well, here's another site where I, you know, am connected with a bunch of people I know. And then you get these little emails like, you know, that say something like, Congra Congratulate. I, got, I actually got one the other day and it was like, congratulate uh you know so and so on their new uh their new job at what was it sorry i want to get this right yeah it was like congratulate becky on her new job at colon freelance <laughs> <laughs> that's why i'm afraid to change Terrible. i would be afraid to change anything on that site for fear that it's sending out these things. That's I don't what it does. Think, yeah. I don't think that someone's like, I want to tell the whole world yeah. that I've gone freelance. Somebody endorsed my, my, one of my skills or something. I don't know how it works, but yeah. I got a notice, you know, that one of my friends endorsed me like they were giving me props on something. And then I looked to see what it was and it was like sales. <laughs> <laughs> so I think people just go on there just to. When people endorse you, because I get a lot of endorsements, but I wonder. Am I, is there some social contract I'm not aware of? Like, are they doing it so that I will then endorse them? I don't know. I, I, it, there probably is some etiquette that yes. hasn't fully been... Understood by me? Socialized. Or, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know what I do know about? Mm. Making dinner. Do you cook? I do. Because there was a reference to La Crusade in uh -huh. the song uh -huh. that we just heard, which is a pretty uh, high-end yeah. kind of bakeware. I'm a, I'm a fan of bakeware. Yeah. Well, you know what you need? You need Blue Apron. What they do is they send a box right to your door with all the ingredients you need to make a delicious meal. And it's all in the perfect proportions. So you don't have to do that thing where you're like, oh, here's a recipe I want to make. I'm going to go to the store and I'm going to buy way too much of everything. And then I'm going to have all this stuff that I'm, I'm not going to use again. Which is exactly what, what I do. Don't do that anymore. Sign up for Blue Apron. They make it so easy to make really good, really like 
the high end meals. Um, and here's how it works for $9.99 per meal. They'll send you the right ingredients in the exact right proportions with simple recipe instructions right to your door. And the recipe cards are great. You will want to keep these. Um, they break down the whole, how to make everything in, with pictures. So it's idiot proof, not saying you're an idiot, but I'm just saying, even if you have like no cooking ability, uh, you'll be able to make something great. And if you have a lot of cooking ability, you will also be able to make something great. Meals are 500 to 700 calories per serving, though you'd never guess it given how delicious they are. And they work around your schedule, your dietary preferences. Cooking takes about half an hour. Shipping is always free. They'll never send you the same meal twice. And on the menu this week, citrus marinated chicken thighs, pan-roasted salmon ramen with tetsoi and miso uh. dashi broth broth cauliflower steaks with einkorn and brown butter and crispy sage those are just a few of the things see what's on the menu this week and get your first two meals free by going to blueapron.com slash allison that's right two meals free just for going to blueapron.com slash allison all right i should have done blue apron before i came here are you hungry no i i ate something but it sucked what do you (laughs) do you have like a pre-podcast routine a pre-podcast for food like is there something you like to eat before like I know as a singer, there are certain things that I know t- that I need to stay away from like what? before I sing. I don't know, like nuts mm. or maybe spicy foods or, or gonna mess your th- things that your are voice too creamy. Yeah. What do you do before a podcast? I, well, so everything's kind of new and different now that I am doing my podcast at home. So these last few podcasts, since we're doing them in the evening, I just haven't pretty much haven't eaten anything mm-hmm. and then at the uh when the podcast is over it's like late and i realize i'm really hungry so tonight i made um we don't have a lot of we need to go to the store so i made some um vegetables that had like a sauce on them mm-hmm. but <laughs> what i noticed in the past when i used to be at the studio and they had like a little station that had a whole bunch of snacks is in between two podcasts i'd eat pretzels or something uh-huh. Um, or something salty, and then I'd begin to do my podcast, and I'd be like, my mouth is full of spit. Right. What am I going to do with all the saliva? Mm. So I realized that that's because I had because of pretzels or whatever it was, but I still did it. Ah. I still made that mistake. Okay. Yeah. Well, that will never happen again, I'm sure. So what was it that you ate that sucked? Ah, uh, it was some rip-off wrap with um, it was called like a portobello avocado wrap you know i thought i would go healthy it doesn't sound bad it's just it was no it doesn't they got me though they got me with the name was it mushy no it was it was just dry it was just all this dry kale and Mm. maybe a little avocado and i don't know what the portobello part was does that imply mushrooms always or is it portobello avocado i mean i don't think (laughs) i don't think (laughs) i think that means there should be portobello mushrooms in there i don't recall tasting a mushroom Hmm. and it was just the you know, I just eat it. The kale was falling all over. I was driving. I just feel like fuck that rap. Yeah, I need to swing through Del Taco on the way home. Really, I need a redo. <laughs> Dinner part two. God, that brings back. So oftentimes when we drive around, it would be because we were quote unquote looking for adventure, which <laughs> we never found. We ended up getting coffee a lot. Yes. And then at a certain point, was all the coffee that we got, was that before we were 21 though? Because at a certain point, then we would go to bars, Mm -hmm. and then, and I did a lot of the driving. You did. I don't know why. Well, that's because I drove a car that didn't work. That is a large... It was not drivable. Yeah, that's in large part probably why. Um, And I always had like a sensible four-seater with airbags. You did. I always had a Honda. It was a luxury. (laughs) Didn't you have like a kind of a 
shitty Honda. Purple sort of. No. No? <laughs> no. But when I, so I had um, my shitty Honda that I loved that I had named Bernice. And remember it had these mm. Smashing Pumpkins and Alice in Chains mm. stickers, <laughs> die cut stickers on the back. That was a car that I had forever. And it had a dent on one side because uh, I ran into a pole and then the paint was the wrong color because I was like, oh, rust is a cancer. I have to cover this up and I bought the uh. wrong color gray. So that was, and I had a bunch of CDs in the back always and I remember it caused you a lot of distress. I just mentioned this on the Ross Matthews podcast. I remember you looking back and being like, this causes me distress. Really? Because all the CDs were loose back there. Oh, I Because oh, I used right. to write about music, so I would get a ton of promotional CDs. Got it. So I guess I just didn't respect the discs themselves. Yeah, but why would I say that? Because, you know, my car was often full of tons of loose CDs. Really? Yeah. I don't think I ever saw it. What a hypocrite I was. I know. Hmm. Uh, that Sorry. never occurred to me. No, but I feel like you're you're someone who cares about the aesthetics of your environment. I do I didn't now, feel, for sure. I think you yeah. did then, though. I think maybe I cared more about the aesthetics of other people's environments yeah and mine was just a wreck seems that way so anyway then when i um that car died and so i was getting another honda and i was choosing what color Mm -hmm. and i think that was the conversation i had with you i was choosing between eggshell black eggplant eggplant yeah (laughs) i was choosing between black purple and green Ah. And I think you said that you said that green w- reminded you of like a car that maybe your babysitter would pick you up in. Oh. Something like that. And purple was just, you had said something negative what? about it. So we, I ended up getting black. Okay. And purple was like maybe a secretary who's trying too hard. Huh. I don't know if you ever really? said that, but it, no. it sounds like something you know. It's okay. It's okay? It, uh, yeah. I'll just stop. Sure. That's what I said. It's, it was something like that. I feel purple got panned. It's okay, though. I didn't really want a purple Honda. Okay. But anyway, at the end of the night, you guys would always want to make a Dell run. Mm Mm-hmm. So... I'm so glad I took this detour. <laughs> <laughs> this detour. That whole, the whole thing, the whole memory lane was just you saying you had to there go to Del go. Taco and just... me saying I feel like every night ended with me driving you guys through Del Taco. Yeah, I apologize for that. No, it's okay. Yeah. No apology necessary. You really should have. So, uh, not to drag this fascinating <laughs> tale out any longer than it needs to. But. Um, so, I think that after you sort of moved on. Oh, yeah. You replaced me with someone replaced who had, you. had my voice. Sort of. Yeah. Nah. Well, well yeah. We did People replace you. People think she has my voice. Are you talking about Karen? Uh, no. Oh. Carrie. Carrie. Yes. Okay. And um, I forgot I forgot about the fact that you guys replaced me. And at that point, after a while, I had sort of gotten over doing the the late night fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but it still was requested from time to time by Rob. By, <laughs> I don't want to throw Rob under the fast food bus here. I don't think he would. No, I don't think he would even mind. But what happened is Carrie took a stand. Oh, really? One night. Which is what you should have done. And said no more? She said, I'm, you know, however years old, and I'm not driving my car through Del Taco <laughs> at 2 a.m. It's smart. On a Wednesday night. No, I'm going to take you home, and you can do it yourself. And uh, that wow. was that. She had the balls that I never had. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so that was Carrie. But I thought that Karen took my place for a little while. Or no. it's just that people think Karen has my voice. Maybe that's what it is, Yeah. I really feel like you said that she's very similar to me. 
I feel no. like you were trying to say we're the same. Mm-mm. All right. No, but, you know, I never thought about the voice thing, but I'm hearing it. You do Pretty have a similar sure voice that. to this person that nobody like who's listening to the podcast knows. In, um, tell her husband to listen to it, and then one person will. <laughs> I feel like if we were to look back into your and my past, they would look very different. Our memories of the same things would look very different. I know. It, it, it always happens. I feel like we should hear another song. I'd love to play a song. Let's do that then. Okay, this is called Tomorrow's Man.
That was so good. Okay, so what is that one about? <laughs> uh, thank you, by the way. Um, so Tomorrow's Man is it basically, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in a, in a situation when uh, you're in a relationship with somebody, and have you ever just kind of felt like they're sort of just passing the time with you and just kind of waiting things out? Wendy just made her grand entrance. Hey, that's a sweet little animal thank you <laughs> i was getting all deep and then i started I know. getting God damn it, by Wendy. a dog hang on one second um and <laughs> now my husband has made an appearance too hey hi daniel hi. Oh, i thought you guys were done no <laughs> okay okay um so you were saying when you when you get to a point in a relationship where you feel like the person is just passing time with you. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for something better to come along and you're fine for now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote that song when I was in a relationship where I was sort of feeling like that person. You right. Know? And uh, I kind of had a good uh, chunk of the song written already, but it was just one of those things that I hadn't finished. You know, it was just an unfinished song. And uh, after a while, after that relationship ended, um, I was sort of going through some, um, just some old things in in my closet, kind of just cleaning out. You know, I wasn't really doing the thing where you get rid of everything your ex gave you, but it kind of ended up being that way. I found a little box of some gifts and goodies. Mm -hmm. And one of those things was, uh, it was a couple of little magazines that were, I don't know what year they were uh, printed, but definitely at, at least in the 50s, maybe older than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were little bodybuilding magazines with these funny pictures of all <laughs> of these really bizarre looking bodybuilders. And it was called Tomorrow's Man. And I just, and it all just kind of hit me. I just kind of thought like, you know, no, that's perfect for that song. You know, Tomorrow's Man, the song is about somebody just kind of waiting for somebody else to come along. Right. So, Did she... um would she agree with that assessment of the relationship? Probably not. Yeah. I so I was trying to think if I've had that experience. And tell me if you agree with this. I think that probably men find themselves in that situation more. Like feeling like she's just in this relationship waiting until the right guy for her comes along. Whereas mm. I feel like if... Because in my experience, I have felt it's... I have felt like, yes, he's looking for someone else, Mm -hmm. but it's not like I'm in a relationship with him until then. I think guys usually, well, do you agree? Guys usually won't stay in a relationship with a girl while they're looking for something better. They will sleep with a girl and keep it on the back burner. They'll Mm -hmm. like keep something going with a girl till something better comes along, but they won't like actually enter into a whole relationship with a girl. I think it's, it's easier for guys to just kind of have some kind of casual thing going, whereas women are, are more apt to like lock that shit down and keep it on hold. That sounds right to me. At least, you know, I, I would say that that's probably the, the common scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. Was that a hard breakup? Uh, yes. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, well, I mean, are they ever not? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, probably not. But there's a song that I, we may hear or we may not hear that I uh-huh. want to ask you about, None Less and None More. Yep. I want to know what that one is about because to me, I, it sort of 
got at that uncomfortable truth about past relationships, which is that you want to think that, oh, you mean more to the per. Well, I'm wondering if this is what the song is about. Sure. What I took from it is like, you want to think that you mean more to the person than anyone else. And that's why they're with you. But the truth is they probably loved each person they were with to the same degree. That's exactly what it's about. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny how like we don't want to think that and yet just because someone you know loved a number of people fully it should not be something that's threatening but I think it kind of is right yeah I agree and and just to be 100% honest um, with that the song none less none more I mean I, I was kind of writing the song to convince myself that I felt that way even though I may not have really felt that way, I think it, it was at the same relationship actually oh. that inspired the first the Tomorrow's Man, and I think I was trying to make myself uh, uh, believe that you know that while I was been here before, yeah, while I was you know really torn up about it, you know I was trying to remind myself that I've you know I've been in love before and I've said a lot of the same things to a lot of other people before and I've thought a lot of the same things about those people so. Um, it you know it while it was a wonderful time it was you know just a, a moment in mm-hmm. time you know so um and i you know and even in the lyrics there there's you know part of it i can hear myself kind of challenging that and contradicting myself a little bit which i like you know i like it mm-hmm. it's just more honest so is that um, the part where which part of the lyrics where you um, yeah yourself? so it's like you know uh it starts off oh, geez I don't even think I've spoken the lyrics. I just sing them. So how do they go? Uh, you know, uh, it's, you know, the verses are kind of like, you know, on many a woman I've placed sweet words, none of them any less true, none of them any less rooted in love is the words that I've spoken to you. Uh, but then, you know, I kind of say like, you know, but what are the times when I have you in mind? Yeah, but they're just like the times before when my mind starts roaming and uh, gets carried away. This time it's none less and none more, but I'm kind of admitting that mm-hmm. that person's still just, con- you know, continuously on my mind. Right. So. How do you feel about all that now? Um, I like the song. <laughs> no, but I mean, sorry, I mean <laughs> about the that relationship. I don't know how long ago this was. Oh, so. it was a few years ago at least, yeah. Because what I was going to say is this, the thing that's sort of interesting, though, is even though you, you love everyone to the same degree or perhaps not as you're suggesting um it interests it, it's it's interesting to me the way the heart can heal fully sure like you look back and it's like oh all these people that i was heartbroken over i really am not there's no no bit of heartbrokenness anymore for me at least right um yeah i mean fuck them all but <laughs> just kidding <laughs> Well, I think that, yeah, the problem there is that you're not making a, a big enough effort to stay in constant contact with them for the rest <laughs> of your life. Right. <laughs> I mean, at least add them on LinkedIn or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, I totally, I agree with you. Yeah. And it's weird how that can happen. Yeah. You know? I think it's a good thing. It's a, it's a necessary thing is what yeah. it is. Yeah. Just for survival. All right. Let's do Just Me or Everyone. There's a song. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Trevor D43 says, It annoys me when somebody asks me what I'm reading. 
I can see where that would be annoying. I think I'm the annoying person because I'll be like, what are you reading to Daniel? Because he's always reading something on his phone, especially if he's ever like, you know, if he cracks up. I'm like, oh, what's funny? Right. That is super annoying. Nobody ever asks me that. Probably because I read on my iPhone. So they just think that I'm texting or Facebook right. or something like that. So there's a solution sort of. Which is? Don't read books. Read phones. <laughs> there you go. Vegetois says, just mirror everyone. When using the restroom, worry that it's a dream and that I'm really out using the restroom in my pants somewhere else. Wow. I always have my just mirror everyone is whenever I'm in a public restroom, I always get this fear of like, oh shit, what if I'm in the men's room? Like what if I'm in the stall, but I'm actually in the men's room and it's going to be so awkward when I walk out. I've right. never had the one of what if this is a dream. However, in New York, wow. a friend of mine did pee into my trash can in the kitchen and thought he was in the bathroom in the middle of the night. Ooh. I actually don't know how much urine made it into the trash can, but I know that I walked in to see him like naked aiming, like kind of standing over the trash can, penis in hand. And I was like, what are you doing? Yeah, I would be shocked if somebody was in this in a state that led them to piss in a trash can that they would have the ability to have much accuracy at that point. Right. Right. So, so many apartments yeah. ago. It was so, disturbing. Did you get your deposit back? <laughs> I don't think so. Actually, my sister still lives in that place. Mm. So that's one of the, I find one of the best roommate type situations is when you're the one leaving and someone else is staying because then you can just get your security deposit back as soon as they get a new roommate who can just sign it over versus when you have to leave a whole landlord situation. I just generally count on, well, I was going to say I generally count on not getting my security deposit back. That's not true. In this place, I have pretty much counted on not getting my security deposit back because aforementioned Wendy, who you met, has had some accidents on the carpet. And I just feel like Got I it. just can't imagine that uh, we're going to be leaving with our security deposit. Yeah, well, then just go balls out. Just <laughs> I'm going to pee up. on it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I totally get that one because, uh, gosh, you know, it seems like I've had so many dreams where just all of a sudden I'm in a restroom going somewhere. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, there are no walls, you know, that sort of thing. Yes. And uh, so I could see why at some point you might start questioning reality a little bit and thinking like, oh, no, this is another one of those dreams. I know. Ashley says, I only use a baby voice when speaking to dogs and never speaking to babies. Yeah, I don't think I use a baby voice when speaking to babies. But I did say hi to Wendy in a way that was so annoying today that I instantly wanted to distance myself from myself. Let's hear it. I don't like, hi. <laughs> it, was, it was something, as soon as I said it, I was like, oh my God, I must never use that voice. It was like, hi. I don't know. It was something, I I cringed when I heard it came out, come out of my mouth. Yeah, that's not a baby voice. What is that though? Give, give us a little more. <laughs> like what is something that you would say to uh, Wendy normally? Like, are you hungry or something? No, like that, it was right? just high. I just, oh. it was just high, but it was like, hi. hi. I don't, yeah, I think it was like, a, hi. Oh, it was like that. Don't you hate me right now? I hated myself. I didn't know I was capable of such a horrible sounding, right. hi. No, it wasn't that. It was, it's I don't that, know. It's not, it was that pretty bad. bad. It's not that it bad. It felt bad. Yeah. It I, almost felt like the voice that Gwen Stefani used to use to address the audience. Uh huh. Does I she don't not do she, that anymore? I just doubt she does. Hmm. I, and I like her, and I like No Doubt. Mm-hmm. But I always was like, why? Are, what? Why are well, you speaking that way? 
that shall never come on the podcast now. <laughs> Maybe uh, we should all take a little lesson from Miss Stefani. Probably. She seems to be doing pretty well. In all seriousness, I want to edit out the negative thing I just said. Ah. I'm going to leave it in. But I'm tempted to. Hmm. Because suddenly I was like, oh, wait, maybe I could get her on the podcast. You could. I mean, probably not. But I did interview them a really long time ago. Well, That's got to count for something, right? Yes. Something. Ashley also says, another one from her, just marry everyone. I only use, no, that is the same one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Ray Morgan 3 says... (laughs) Sometimes I eat fudge. Throat gets coated in fudge liquid and voice gets two octaves lower and weird. We were kind of just talking about stuff like that. Yeah. That has not happened to me with fudge. I don't find myself eating fudge nearly enough. It happens with uh, dark chocolate for me. Yeah. Mm. It's a bad, bad move to do the chocolate and then try to sing. But it doesn't happen to you with milk chocolate or just dark chocolate is what you Uh, tend I think it's just chocolate in general. Yeah. And then I sound wrong. Like Darth Vader or something. Why can't I be you, says, just mirror everyone. During a long drive, find someone who is really good. Try to stay with, watch out for them. Salute on parting. We've gotten ones like this before. The thing where it's like you get your road buddy. You're on Mm -hmm. a long drive and you're like, oh, this car's been with me for a long time. And then Mm -hmm. you sort of feel sadness when you go your separate ways. That's crazy. Really? Yeah. I don't find that to be that crazy. No. But if you do, then uh, that's, that's that's fine. That's just weird. Okay. Maya Horner says, when wiping after poops, I wipe once more after I get a clean wipe, ensuring that it wasn't a f- false negative. Um, yeah, I feel like, uh, I think I overwipe. Mm. You? Um, I think, you know, after 41 years, I've got it down pretty well. You think you've calibrated your wiping to just the perfect degree i think so but i i usually will i mean i hate to say it but i'll Please. err on the side of under wiping really yeah because i just think especially if i know that nobody's going to really be inspecting <laughs> that area i would rather just i would rather be in a situation where i require a shower soon mm-hmm. as opposed to a situation where i'm you have a chafed butt. I'm no longer wiping poop. Now I'm wiping blood. <laughs> there is a middle ground, mm-hmm. which would just be, first of all, I would want to know what kind of toilet paper are you using? Something not, right. you're not using some kind of sh- soft Charmin, are you? Well, yeah, that's another problem because my closest grocery store is Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. Oh, they only have like burlap. <laughs> it's it's all environmentally friendly nonsense yeah so, so that that would change i've I could long since forgotten what uh environmentally unfriendly super soft it you know it's like this, a pillow it's, it's like, like a wiping pillow with for a your butt. duvet yeah. or something right exactly yeah. Yeah. there's also those wet wipes people get addicted to those oh yeah because yeah. those are supposed to be gentle in fact our, our mutual friend rob once told me that he was all about those wet wipes. Really? Yeah. That seems like a thing that he would trumpet. Again, again with the ins- This is, you know what though? Everyone has a Rob in their life. Sure. Guy who unselfconsciously buys porn. I mean, he hasn't probably in a, many, many years. I know that. What, what's that? You, surely you've been with him when he's just decided to buy some porn. <laughs> just a spontaneous <laughs> porn purchase? Yeah. You mean like magazines? Yes. Oh. Um, Maybe. We were together once when we just on 
by chance found a dumpster full of VHS tapes. What kind? They, and they, they were all over the parking lot as well. Mm-hmm. Porn VHS tapes. Did you grab a bunch? Tons of them. Mm-hmm. How were they? Terrible. Really bad. That's why they were... <laughs> Who had thrown them out? I think it was a dumpster near an adult oh. video store. We were on tour. The measles were on tour. And we happened to have uh, a uh, VCR and TV rigged up inside the tour van. Nice. So we were all kind of high-fiving, like, yeah, <laughs> tour just got better. And then uh, after a while, we got rid of them. Anyway. Now, the aforementioned guy that I mentioned. <laughs> I th- feel like I've said aforementioned so many times in this episode. I just want to mm. put some kind of aforementioned filter on this and suck them all out. You have a little bell I can ding. Exactly. <laughs> just spray me with a water bottle. Okay. Um, did he cause any strife on this tour? Because I have the memory of something happening. Mm. I don't think so. Yes. What was it? I think he scolded us on stage, the rest of us on stage, <laughs> in, it, at one right. show. And possibly throw something or destroy something? No, not that. I think the same show. So we were on tour with this uh, with a band called Servotron. Uh, it was a great sort of surf new wave mm-hmm. kind of band um that all they dressed like robots and uh members of man or Astroman, cool band and at that same show the drummer of that band uh there was some sort of i don't remember all the details but there were some audience members that were causing problems the whole night and uh at one point the drummer in servotron took his i think a, a ride cymbal stand attached the whole thing and you know you know drums that's that's a pretty heavy large you could decapitate piece someone of gear. With it. Yeah. you've got this disc. metal disc attached to this really heavy piece of metal and he just threw the whole thing <laughs> across over the stage into the crowd and i think it wiped a couple people out jeez yeah so that happened. There was some drama there. So I think that was the destruction part. Okay. But, that but that's same not the night, same guy that we're talking about, is it? No. He wasn't in both bands, No, right? no. So Mr. Aforementioned, <laughs> I think, scolded us on stage that night. For what? I don't remember. But it was Messing up a song or something? No, maybe, yeah, maybe doing some tuning, too much tuning or something. <laughs> I don't know. I, f- I rest my case. It was something like, I have friends people i work with in the audience i'm not gonna let you embarrass me and ruin my reputation <laughs> this is on stage in front of a, maybe a couple hundred people uh, you know, something like that i mean it was charming it was good for the whole sh- you know the entertainment factor was, we put that's on a true. better show as a result i think i'm sure and that's what it's all about. And Maya Horner also says, using gel deodorant, I use exactly 10 clicks per arm. If 11 come out, have to wipe it clean and start over. Mm. Is this too much deodorant? Um, I can't do the gel deodorant. They click? Yeah, it's like you go click, 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 click. And uh-huh. then it's like goopy and it kind of comes out of these little holes in the top. And it's... Mm-hmm satisfying as you're pushing the gel through the holes but Mm -hmm. then as soon as you put it on your underarms it's like cold and wet and it just feels like you're wiping phlegm under your arms oh yeah can't handle that what do you use uh (laughs) some kind of salt crystal from whole foods i that's exactly what i use is that true the crystal wow that's been around for a long time i love it it's changed my life 
I think when I was uh, young and living at home, I think my mom tried to push that thing on me, and I was just like, what the hell is this? Is your mom kind of hippie-ish? No, no, no. But I think, you know, she was just trying to do buy healthy things, you Mm -hmm. know, for a while. And then later on in life, I found that thing, you know, and... uh, Does it come in like a little velvet sack or something? No, not this one. It's just, you know, in a little plastic contraption. And uh, you just sort of roll it up like you would like a normal deodorant stick, except it's this hard salt rock thing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It rocks. And then I... I remember telling my mom, like, hey, I'm using this crystal thing. And she's like, oh, damn you. Like, I tried to get you on the crystal, you know, <laughs> a long time ago. And you were you had nothing to do with it, you know. So I had to come into that one on my mm-hmm. own. But that was after many years of just, you know, failing miserably with all of the different things that are out on the market there, you know, like the old spice and the whatever's out there. You know, I don't know. But the gel, the click gel, is that mm-hmm. mostly like marketed towards women or is there a man click gel thing as well? I don't actually know. Mm. I want to say there is, mm. but I don't know. It's funny. Men's deodorant is marketed like like power tools, you know? Yeah. It's like a cross between like power tool marketing and like snowboard marketing or something. <laughs> That's right. Or... It's very extreme yeah. and it's manly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now the salt crystal thing. So you're wiping a hard crystal under your arms. Does it wipe off onto your, like, does it transfer though? Or do you feel like you're just rubbing a rock on yourself? No, you wet it first. Oh, wow. And it does work. Yeah. It does leave a little bit of a film, which is not really noticeable, but you know, it's there. And does it smell like, is it just, is it just salt or is it something else? To be honest, I don't even know what that little crystal is made of. (laughs) (laughs) It could be some sort of alien voodoo rock for all I know. Does it glow? No. Ever? No, no, never? Then it's probably not an alien voodoo rock. Ah. I didn't even realize it comes in a plastic contraption. I feel like it's come a long way from when I would see it advertised in the back of like Teen Magazine or uh-huh. Seventeen Magazine, uh, and it, they would just show like a, a crystal, and I swear it had some kind of velvet sack that it came in. Oh. Well, that's the biggest drag with the crystal as well, is that it's it's fragile. I've, I dropped... I've dropped them in the sink a couple times and they just explode. The whole plastic outside mm. explodes. The crystal explodes. It's just poof, everywhere. That's how they get you. Yeah. Then you have to go buy another it one. It says it lasts a long time because it's, you know, and it would <laughs> right. if you didn't drop don't it. Don't drop it. Right. Well, but if you have to wet it, then I can see where it gets slippery. Exactly. And sometimes I'm shaking it to get the water off of it. Mm. And plus, you know, my pits are made of iron. So. Just sometimes just contact with my pit. Makes right. It... Just makes it blow up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and finally, Mark Adamek says, when someone at work takes a sick day, I assume they are sick. When I take a sick day, I worry people think I'm faking. Yes. I remember that mm-hmm. from, it's been a long time since I've been in any kind of work environment where one could take a sick day. But I remember from when I used to work at magazines, that feeling of always worrying that um, people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't think I'm, wouldn't. Yeah, I think I'm sick when I actually really was sick. Is that more of a work ethic thing or a guilt thing? That's a guilt thing. A- uh, let me see. It is a, what is it? I don't know. It's the same thing that makes it so that like when I pass through the metal detector at an airport, I'm always nervous, mm-hmm. even though I'm not smuggling anything. Like there's nothing, you know, or when a, a cop drives by me, I feel like, oh, I just you know, just got away. Like it's right. that kind of thing that makes me feel nervous or guilty around authority figures. Yeah. I guess. I think that much like my telling the truth, but 
feeling like I'm a liar even though I didn't lie yes. thing from youth is a lot like that. Right. So, you know, and I think it can reflect negatively on, you know, people can look at you the wrong way. If you, you know, you feel like you're doing if you're the defending right too thing. much. Yeah, you know, not taking sick days because you feel like it's the wrong thing to do even though you're sick. Mm -hmm. People, you know, might get a, uh, a a weirder impression of you as a result of it even though you're trying to cuz they're like why, does, coming from why a is good that guy place. so sick <laughs> yeah it's like it's coming from a good place but it's also coming from a dark place it's like good intentions coming from a black pit in your soul or something oh i see what you're saying <laughs> let me see if i let me see if i see what you're saying that actually people might get a weird vibe because you're not taking care of yourself and you're not standing up for yourself and like you want so badly to fit in that you're you have no boundaries i don't did know. i take it to did i go to i went into the pit with you, it you thought you thought i it, overthought it you thought it through a couple more ticks than i did just leave him. Okay. Just leave me hanging here. I know. I have a couple of friends who have brought that up recently that they are afraid to take a sick day for this reason or that reason. Mm -hmm. And they really are sick. And it makes me frustrated. And it, the more stubborn that they are about it, the more it starts to make me feel like there might be something a little bit off with them. Because, like, because they're so afraid to be. Well, it's like you, your company is giving you a certain amount of sick days yeah. that you'll get the most, you know, most companies do right. places where you work. You can take a sick day now and then, uh, and get paid for it or, you know, whatever the policy is, you're not going to get fired. So there's no reason to, you know, it's one thing if you're just taking sick days every right. week. Right. But if it's just the occasional sick day, what's the big, what's the big whoop, man? Well, I also know people who don't want to take sick days when they're actually sick. They want to save those for when they want to take a day off. Oh, uh, well that's, but then I also know workplaces that are like, if you're sick, you need to stay home. Right. Otherwise you're going to infect everyone. Yeah. Nobody wants that. No one wants that. Mm -mm. You know what they do want, though? Beautiful window treatments. Oh. What's going on with your windows at home, Michael Rosas? Oh, geez. I'm going to need this badly because my windows... Do you just were... Have you just tacked up pillowcases or towels? Don't say you have. Pretty much. Mine oh, were no. made before Jesus was born. They have little cranks and... Wow. No, well, you, do you, so you don't even have like blinds or anything like that? Oh, this is the treatment. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Window cur curtains Sorry. or something like that. Yeah. I have um, glass. Does that count? Oh, that's the window part. That's the window. No. Well, tell me. What, what are right. we talking about here? You need to talk to the friendly experts over at blinds.com. This is a company of people who are passionate about window coverings um, and they can, there's the, so there's a website and it's super easy to navigate and the free samples to try out at home. Um, and it's a new year, so resolve to make over your home. Out with the old and in with the new. Get a designer look on a budget. So Blinds.com offers blinds, shades, shutters, draperies, and much more from top manufacturers like Bally, Graber, Levelor, Norman, and Blinds.com's very own designer brand. And they have a really cool video design consultation service called Face-to-Face -face that lets a decorator check out your home decor without even stepping inside your house. And if you're not sure what, what color will look best, they can ship you free samples so you can see and feel them in person. They have a sure fit guarantee. So if you mismeasure, even if it's your mistake, they'll remake your product for free. Um, and they have a cool iPhone or Android app called the Window Shopper that lets you take a picture of the window you want to cover. I feel like if you took a picture of yours, who knows if it would even show up? It's so old. Mm -hmm. 
just be just be a big nothing. It's like a vampire ghost. Exactly. Um, it lets you take a picture of the window you want to try to cut to cover, and then you can try on the blinds with augmented reality. Um, they can also help you find a professional to measure and install for you if you don't want to have to mess with that yourself. And they have a free thirty day money back guarantee. Again, Blinds.com offers a 30-day money-back guarantee. Right now, Blinds.com is making it easier to keep your New Year's resolution, at least the in with the new part. Stick to your New Year's budget with sales from up to 15 to 25% off popular products. Get geeky with cool remote-controlled blinds and shades and sleep better on the weekends with blackout shades and drapes. All right. That sounds like a good... I need to... need to get on that. I need that. to hit up Blinds.com. You know what I do? What do you do? When I'm like roaming around my place in the nude, hmm. I just... I duck down. I do I'm, that too. I duck down and jog around like this, like duck jog. <gasps> yeah. I'm getting really good at it. I wouldn't I, have to do that. I if do I that blinds. too sometimes, and think how much more I have to like limbo myself because right. I've got to cover up even more. Uh-huh. Yep. Um, it's just when like, so let's say I have clothes that are in the dryer that I want to get. Mm. And then I go, I have to go through the kitchen to get to the laundry room. And I realize like, oh, I had opened that blind a crack mm-hmm. and I don't think anyone can see in, but I don't want to risk it. So I'm like down on the floor streaking through right. my kitchen. It's kind of ridiculous. I should just throw on a towel or a t-shirt or something or other. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's something that, that feels good about doing it. That's why we do it. Maybe. Like, hee hee hee, I'm sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to let the man make me put on clothes. (laughs) I guess so. Well, it's been so Uh, much fun having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Let's have you close out with a song. But first, let's Mm -hmm. get all the business out of the way. Sure. Which is, if you guys are going to buy something on Amazon, which you are because they have everything, click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It does help out the show. Thank you so much for all of your Amazon support. It means so much to me, especially in this weird transitional time. Um, If you want to support the show, also we have PayPal links on my website at alisonrosen.com. We have a ringtone available. Hey, 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 go fuck yourself. You need this. Search Hey, Go Fuck Yourself on your iPhone in the iTunes store and two special bonus episodes available recorded live at the LA Podcast Festival. The first one with Doug Benson and Greg Proops. The next one with Doug Benson, musician Matt Costa, another mutual friend, um, and much of the departed Thursday gang. And those are $1.99 in the comedy album section of the iTunes store. And you can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow the show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-M-B-F. You can email the show, A-R-I-Y-M-B-F show at gmail.com. Where should everyone go for you? Uh, MichaelRosas.com. And I pretty much have everything that, I've, that I have Perfect. on there. All right. Yeah. Music, videos, photos. It's all there. Perfect. All right. So let's hear another song. Will do. All right. This is None Less and None More. All right. This is None Less and None More. On many a 
woman that plays sweet words None of them any less true None of them any less rooted in love As the words I've spoken to you But what of this song? Yes, it has you in mind Well, what of the songs before? Many songs that I've written and still like to sing This one, none less and none more On many a morning, through many a day From my side I've left many just to wander away And I think not of the many times I'd hope for you to stay No, I have no thoughts at all But what of this time when I have you in mind, well Just like the times before When my mind starts roaming and gets carried away This time it's none less and none more Loved that. Thank you so much for being on the show, for going down memory lane, for playing songs, etc. And listeners, thank you for indulging the going down memory lane. Thank you, Allison. And thank you so much for being so supportive of my music. Oh, I'm like your biggest fan. For all of these years. And I'm your biggest fan. Well, probably not. There's probably a lot of people listening that would punch me for saying that. But probably. I'm a big fan. Punch you like just... Well, come I know up, how it come is. Up next to your car and just reach in. Like super fans, they want to make it very <laughs> clear that they are bigger fans than people that are just fans. Oh, so now you're admitting you're just a fan. Well, you're I would the like to fan. think you're that I am more fan. friend than fan, but I. That's am a actually true. Okay, that's true. Good point. Point for you. <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show, listeners. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys. Goodbye. Hey, do you know? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Alice.
Friend. 